Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you are going to uh, love, love the AFC South preview we've got for you today. Are we just skipping the NFC South, like, indefinitely? No, we'll go back to it before. We we'll we did it. all of the NFC, and then we got to the South, and we were like, no thank you. It's just all, like, yes, draft Julio Jones, draft Michael Thomas, draft Alvin Kamara, draft Christian McCaffrey. Like, I feel like you guys don't need us to tell you that. Are those guys good? Yeah, they're, they're okay. I mean... They're okay. <laughs> They're solid. They're solid. Well, I uh, I'm very excited to get into uh, this. I feel like there's a lot of sneaky value picks in the AFC South. Uh, everybody, you can find me on Twitter at ffballblast, and you can find me Michelle at ballblastem, ballblastem, and you can find all of our team's work over at ballblastfootball.com. We jamming over there, jamming. Uh, If you guys want some extra content, so like we're pumping out articles like crazy over there, but if you are looking for some of our premium content, which includes like our our full 32 team projections, like every player we think will step on the field, how many times and how good they will be, um, our full rankings, we've got uh, some betting content popping up. We are just like cranking out like a machine, like a robot. We are a fantasy football robot. Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound... I was just Michelle, wondering how long you're going to just keep going on. You, Michelle is trying to mimic the emotions of a robot. Yeah. And she has successfully well, done so. So everybody give her... I didn't know if I was like... I was like, she's just going to keep going and going and going. Michelle, you know I could literally talk to myself for like hours yeah. and hours and hours. Well, let's talk about the news. And hours. In. Breaking news. Breaking news. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Michelle, we have actual news. Like, real news. We we had the kickoff of Hard Docs this week, which wasn't really news. It was just like the COVID-19 update. Yeah, it just showed us how they're being safe, basically. But I felt good about it. It felt nice. Good precautions. It, it honestly felt nice to just see football operations honestly like just to see the we saw some daryl henderson first team snaps yes we did <laughs> and we got twitter all riled up because we acted like it actually yes mattered. we did uh you know what he's the first guy on camera and it, you know that that was important we know that first team reps in like the first practice does not matter we were just messing with you it's okay yeah. oh but people were very upset <laughs> No, yeah. but besides Hard Knocks, which was fun to watch, it was fun to see, you know, football, at least players back on the practice field, and hopefully, probably not this next week either, we still won't see padded practice, because they don't start practice and with pads until this upcoming Monday. And a fun fact, though, uh, a lot of these NFL players are kind of wusses, like, Nobody wants to get a blood drop. Nobody wants a Q-tip up their nose. It was absolutely hilarious because you're looking at these guys, these grown men, these giant human beings who literally just take blows to the head over and over and over again. And you don't want a Q-tip in your nose. I can see you as a nurse watching it like, oh, goodness, like, they, like patients that would drive it. you crazy. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them had really nice veins, so that got me excited as a nurse. <laughs> there was one piece of... Mega fantasy football news, an unfortunate bit of news. Uh, Running back Darius Geis was cut from the Washington football team after being charged with domestic violence. So everybody thought this was going to be his bounce back season. That is not so. Uh, He's got some pretty serious charges against him. So I, I don't anticipate that he'll be picked up by any team soon. I hope you sold him in Dynasty. Uh, first and foremost, I hope he becomes a better human being. Yeah, and that's the last we're going to speak of Geis. And, but who takes over his role, right? So Adrian Peterson. Vomit. Was the, 
pretty much the starter all of last year. He saw all the volume. He's very, very boring at this point in his career. He used to be a lot of fun to watch. He's very boring now. You know he's going to get about two to four yards on any given play. <laughs> Not much more than that. And, you know, he'll he'll chip away. If I you're guess. lucky, he might explode for five. Yeah. But, like, the other options. I mean, I'm a very big fan of Bryce Love from Stanford. He was a Heisman runner-up in uh, his junior year of college. He went back to school. He would have been a first-round pick. He went back to school. He wanted to finish his degree up. And he destroyed his knee that in sucks. his last collegiate game. So. That just shows you, man, like, this. that's what you get for trying to go to school. <laughs> like, God, the, these guys, like, they're trying to finish their career. You know, like, we can't get some lady luck on their side. I know. That really stinks for him. But he was fantastic. He is a smaller back. He's about, like, 203. He's smaller but in short. So I don't know if he can do a full workload and he's not necessarily a receiving back at least he wasn't in college it's not to say he can't be in the nfl but there was another small stanford running back that Mm. played under ron rivera just last season christian mccaffrey i'm actually pretty excited to see bryce love get the opportunity he had to sit out his whole rookie season due to that acl tear from his last collegiate game they drafted him in the fourth, knowing that he would have to redshirt his whole first year. That's the only reason he fell that far. He would have been a much earlier pick. We'll see if he's good to go. He's been cleared to play. Now, Peyton Barber and J.D. McKissick, I'm not even thinking about drafting. I don't care if Peyton Barber sees all of the workload. I still <laughs> don't want him. And then the rookie, Antonio Gibson, people are very excited for him to get his opportunity. Slow down. Yeah. He had 70-something touches in college. He was kind of mostly... 77 touches in college. Mostly a wide receiver. He started, you know, taking some carries at the end of the year. 33 total carries. He did average over 11 yards per carry. He was electric every time he touched the ball. But... He was not a real running back. He didn't have to learn any of the running back assignments. The issue blocking. The issue with looking at these efficiency metrics for guys with a smaller sample size, like 33 carries, is that these guys are the ones that tend to look more efficient. If you're not running the ball every play, guess what you do? You catch well, defenses off guard. The thing is, he had one game against SMU. And he ran right into the defenders, and they all had him wrapped up, and he somehow got out, like, wrapped up. And he did, like, that's great he got out, but I don't think he's getting out in the NFL. And that would have been a three-yard gain. Instead, it was a 75-yard game. And you had to think about it. Like, he only had 300 yards. So if 75 of them came on one play, that would have been probably a three-yard play in the NFL. Like, that's worrisome. But there's a lot of those where... I mean, sometimes he had a wide open lane, but I saw him just run into defenders. Like he doesn't, his vision was not there yet. He doesn't have pass blocking skills yet. There's going to be so much for him to learn. Maybe he can take some snaps out of the slot because they are kind of desperate for pass catchers there. And maybe that's how he can be used. But I don't see him being a true running back whatsoever his rookie season. Even as a pass catcher though, he wasn't like dominant you know he was the third target on his team 38 receptions for 735 yards eight touchdowns that's fine but i mean he does have a a nice build he's got a nice frame six foot 228 pounds he's super fast he's super athletic that's why people are excited but you know what don't don't fall for this not this year I mean, Go buy him next year. If you want him in Dynasty, that's fine. But in- but don't pay up the pony. Yeah. I, honestly, like if you if you are hyped on Antonio Gibson right now, now is not the time to buy him. He will lose value in the next part of the season. So yeah. I think the answer here for me is to draft none of these guys. I'm moving on. I'll draft Bryce Love in the last round. I think that's fair. Alan Lazard is the overwhelming favorite to be the number two wide receiver opposite Devontae Adams, according to Sports Illustrated Bill Hubbard. What a laser take. Do we care? Um, I think no. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> but I, I think he's going to have flex appeal. I, I think that my concern sort of lies on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers and 
what like what is his position in this NFL scheme? Uh, we were on the Fantasy Points live stream with Graham Barfield and Dr. Edwin last night, and we talked about this. Like, the dynamic between Aaron Rodgers and the coaching staff is weird. Matt LaFleur makes weird decisions. Green Bay is weird. Weird. It, he also, like, Alan Lazard, on any given week, I don't actually think his ceiling's that high. Like, if you go through his game logs, it's mostly 40-yard games and if he scores a touchdown cool he got you 10 points he can be a fine flex play if you need someone a little bit safer i'm not drafting him anywhere i feel like this is what we went through last year with mvs or i think the difference is though that we don't have like a next man up i think comparatively maybe the next man up would be like a jay sternberger but there's definitely volume available you know, like Devonte Adams, I have him projected for I think 165 targets, but he literally like they're they're going to pass more than 165 times. Yeah, I do think this is a heavy like heavy run offense, but yeah, targets have to go elsewhere. I think he'll see them. I think Lazard is. I definitely think he is the number two guy. I, but targets had to go elsewhere last year too, and Adams missed time. And Lazard still only saw 52 targets. Yeah, but Lazard became a thing towards the end of the season. So he came in, he didn't see like a full workload of snaps. He came in, I I don't even remember, was it Devontae Adams who got injured? Um, But when he came in, he had some big plays. And you know what he did? He earned Aaron Rodgers' trust. It is so hard to do that. He didn't have more than six targets in any game until week 16. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have anything nice to say about his family, but he speaks so highly of Alan Lazard. This is week 12 through uh, 14. Two targets, three targets, three targets, three targets. And then he ended the season nicely at nine targets and eight targets, which still only ended up for 45 yards and 69 yards. I don't really get the appeal, but like I said, you can draft him. He... I, he can be a plug-and-play guy, I guess. I don't ever want to have to start Alan Lazard. I just don't, like, aside from... In a 16-teamer, 14-team league, you'll probably need to do it. And he's one of the safer wide receiver flexes, I guess, that can should get you 10 points. Should. Should. The, the issue for me, too, is just, like, the fact that I, I think because they are trusting Aaron Rodgers less and less, you hit it. It's going to be a run first team. Aaron Rodgers just doesn't have the. They're not letting him be the boom anymore. So, I'm I'm out on Aaron Rodgers and uh, most of the people. Moving on, no more Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> the athletic. I used to love Aaron Rodgers. What happened? I don't know. The Athletics Jeff Howe said it's too early to know if Sony Michelle with his foot injury will be available for week one. And now the team did go and sign... Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. So the Guess Patriots, who's back. Back again. The Patriots went last week and signed Lamar Miller to a one-year contract. Millie's back. Do Tell we, your beat reporters. Do we draft anyone in this backfield? Nope. Right now, Sony Michelle is pretty much off my draft board. I didn't want him anyways, but with his... Low ceiling, his low floor from week to week. And then his foot injury coming back from that, he already has bad knees. He's already had, like, not a good running back to begin with. He's got with. bad knees. He's got bad runs. Yeah. He's just, like, he's just got like, bad. This has nothing to do with me ever wanting Lamar Miller. I'm not drafting him either. Does the Lamar Miller signing hurt any potential of Damian Harris, the third-round running back from last year, from breaking out this year? I so that that's something I'm not sure because I think when I'm looking at this depth chart, they definitely needed more pieces, right? Like they needed a, a depth signing, and Lamar Miller is probably the best guy, one of the best free agents currently available, one of the cheapest. Like he he's definitely been a you know a, a solid guy when you give him a, a solid workload. So I think this was a great signing for the Patriots. I can't tell yet if it was just a depth move or if they plan for him to have some role. Cause they already actually, put him on an unable to perform list, which makes no sense to me. Hopefully it's just like to do a physical or whatnot and get him going. But if you brought him in because Sony Michelle is injured. Yeah. 
That's, he, I mean, that's not it, great. Because Lamar Miller tore his ACL last year, right? Yes. In the beginning of last year. And what I'm thinking is that, you know, if I'm in a dynasty league, I, you know, I have a lot of shares of Damian Harris. If there are leagues where I don't have shares of Damian Harris, this might not be a bad time to just make some really low ball offers, act like Lamar Miller is really going to, to do some damage in the Patriots offense. And then maybe you have yourself a starting running back for dirt cheap pennies on the dollar and and you you just don't have to pay anything for it yeah and if I'm going to draft a running back in this backfield it would be James White I think he can get a lot of targets from Cam Newton and then maybe Damian Harris in the last round if I needed here's the running back the one thing I've reiterated throughout the entire offseason I think we need to look at offensive schemes that have had the the least amount of turnover the Patriots have had a lot of turnover. That team is going to look so, so different. I like. I don't care how good Bill Belichick is. It, there's only so much you can do with the roster that you have. It's going to be different. I'm, I'm trying to avoid these offenses that have made a lot of roster transactions. All right, let's get into our segment today. But before we do so, let's talk a little bit about Fandraft. Oh, fan draft. It is like draft season, guys. We are running out of time. You probably have your your fantasy football league draft scheduled, I would imagine. If you don't, you need to do that. Hopefully it's closer to the season, though, because there's so much news coming out. I mean, I think we know all the opt-outs, which is great, but you never know. But there could be injuries. There could be any... So, like... Just plan your draft, plan it close to the draft, but don't worry about ordering that draft board ahead of time because you can do it online with FanDraft, the best online draft board that you can possibly buy. All kinds of formats, like you can customize it to your keeper leagues, you could do an auction, rookies only, literally, like you could do anything on this thing. You could host it live, like do a safe draft so you don't have all those stickers and all that awful board and tripping over each other's notebooks and the the fantasy football magazines and stuff and try to get to the draft board like none of that anymore you can do it safely safely in COVID-19 times keep that social distance and draft with your online virtual draft board you can even do a walk-up song I came up with mine did you finally I did did. you did promise Heading into this week that we would have a walk-up song for you. My walk-up song would be And We Danced by Macklemore. All right. And so, we danced. And, and we, we cried. cried. That <laughs> Macklemore is a classic. So Michelle's got her dibs on And We Danced. But you guys got to get dibs on your own fan draft draft board. You can try it out with a free trial. Uh, they do this little, like, it's kind of like a mock draft. And you get to play with it for the first two rounds. Uh, see how you like it. See how you like the app. We absolutely know that you will. And because we know that you will love it so much, we have a promo code for you for 15% off just from us. It's our gift to you for your fantasy football leagues this season. Promo code BALLBLAST15. 15% off of your fan draft purchase. Get the best virtual draft board around. Fandraft.com. You know why it's getting so hot in here? Because we're going to the south? We are. We're going down south well, today. Well, why is it so hot in our room then? We're up north. <laughs> we we really should have a cooler room. Um, but hey, air conditioning isn't for everybody, guys. Not, not for us. In the south. In the south, it would be. So that's why we need to take a trip down to the AFC south so we can get some air conditioning. We're going to do the same thing. If you guys haven't checked out our episode last week, we're going to be doing a similar uh, similar thing. So we're going to look at the individual pieces of the AFC South rosters and categorize them. Are they a league winner? Are they a bust? Are they a value, a sleeper? Are they undraftable? Which one are they? We have a few of those undraftables. We do, today's. but I really, I think the AFC South has some gems. So let's kick it off. So I, like, a lot of fantasy relevant quarterbacks here Deshaun Watson where are you like he's obviously a go-to guy I think the biggest question is 
for Deshaun Watson, what does he look like without DeAndre Hopkins? Because we, we haven't seen it. I think the biggest thing with Watson, even last year, uh, and he had Hopkins still, was that he was the quarterback too in fantasy points per game, which is great, but he was so up and down. Like he would score 30 or 40 points some weeks, and then the next week he would score 10 points. He wasn't very trustworthy from week in and week out, and if you're drafting a quarterback that early, you're going to have to start him every week. Yeah, you're, you're, it's a legal binding. You're married, basically, to this quarterback. And the, the issue, too, with Watson is he's supposed to have that rushing floor. So I think there's such a range of outcam, outcomes uh, in the 2020 season. I'm not touching Deshaun Watson at his current price because I don't, he could explode and he has QB1 potential, right? But the, the downside, we don't, we don't know what he looks like without his number one target. Like, he has force-fed targets to DeAndre Hopkins. He's been his his man, his, like, go-to guy. He was better with Will Fuller playing. Now, I don't know if that's going to matter without Hopkins. Like, does Will Fuller make the difference if Hopkins isn't there? Probably not. Maybe he runs more, which would be great. I mean, he still had 500 rushing yards last year. So that's fantastic. And he had seven rushing touchdowns, which we could expect to come down. Oh, he actually had 400 rushing yards last year. He had 550 in 2018. So his rushing yards could definitely go up. His attempts were a little bit down. Without Hopkins, maybe the team depends on him a little bit more. But now they have David Johnson. You would think they would lean on him. They gave up pretty much Hopkins for David Johnson and took on that contract. I I won't own any Deshaun Watson just because his ADP hasn't dropped enough. He's going as like the quarterback four, quarterback five. Now if the whole league is very scared of him and he starts to drop to like the seventh round, then yeah, of course I would take a chance on him. But I'm not drafting any quarterback in the fourth round, let alone Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I I just think, so what could happen? What could happen without DeAndre Hopkins, maybe Deshaun Watson is less efficient and you get like a Blake Bortles effect where you need to, you need to throw the ball more. You're forced into those situations because of the fact that you're a less efficient passer. That's within the range of outcomes. But I could also just see a, a quarterback who struggles a little bit because his main guy is is gone. He's going to have to learn to play a, a different game. Uh, how about Gardner Minshew? I really like Gardner Minshew, especially at his price. What he's going in like? He's at the quarterback twenty eight. Yeah, he's the quarterback 28, and if I'm going to wait a long time for a quarterback, I'm fine with Gardner Minshew. You do probably have to expect you're going to be streaming the position because I don't know if I feel good about Minshew in my lap every week. But if we're going to look at the rookies last year, everyone's very excited about Kyler Murray going into his second year. He's going, like, top four, top five quarterbacks, and Daniel Jones, who's going a bit later, and I'm interested in him as well, but he's still going much earlier than Minshew. They all had pretty similar years, especially for fantasy passing yards. Daniel Jones was the top at 251, Kyler Murray at 232, Minshew was at 234. Passing touchdowns, Daniel Jones at two a game, uh, Minshew at one and a half a game, Kyler Murray at 1.25 a game. But the interesting thing is I feel like Minshew's rushing floor is sort of understated. Yeah. He Uh, has a higher rushing floor than Daniel Jones. He was averaging 25 yards, rushing yards a game. Daniel Jones at 24. And Kyler Murray was higher up there at 34. But I think Minshew's a great late, late round quarterback to target. I'm shocked his average draft position has not increased at all. Because I feel like it's a known thing that Minshew was really good last year for fantasy. I have Minshew shares all over the place. He's he's just not climbed the ADP ranks. I don't know why. I feel like, you know, when you're looking at rushing floor, that, that absolutely means everything. And the one area that I think Gardner Minshew might actually see some positive regression for is, is in the area of rushing touchdowns. He had zero rushing, t- uh, rushing touchdowns on all those attempts. We might see rushing touchdowns, which is actually you know a little bit better in terms of 
fantasy points for most leagues. Most leagues score rushing touchdowns at, at six points as opposed to a four-point passing touchdown. So that's something that we might might see might give him a boost in the 2020 season. There, there's no way he's going to have as many rushing attempts without any rushing touchdowns. That whole Jaguars offense last year just did not score rushing touchdowns. I mean, we saw Fournette with only three. That has to change. Like That has to go back up to somewhat of an average for an NFL offense. He had nearly 400 rushing yards last year. All of the top seven quarterbacks, fantasy quarterbacks from 2019, all had 250-plus rushing yards. Like You want to find that rushing base because it just gives you that higher floor and that higher ceiling. One of our writers, uh, Mike, Fantasy Mike on Twitter, at Fantasy Mike BBF, his tweet was that just about 70% of quarterbacks who, who have reached 300 rushing yards over the past five years has ended up as a top 12 quarterback. That's insane. Yeah. So if you get that rushing floor of 300 rushing yards, you have a pretty good shot that your quarterback's going to be a top 12 quarterback. Listen, I'll, I'll take that shot on Minshew because he costs nothing. If he, he costs fails, nothing. If he fouls on you, you drop him and you pick someone else up. And the upside is so much, like, I'm sorry, I think the the upside of Gardner Minshew is like 30-fold that of a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Speaking of, like, sneaky, quiet rushers, Ryan Tannehill, he, he runs the ball a little bit, had 185 attempts starting just 10 games last season, had an incredibly efficient season, incredible, I mean, like, statistically just off the charts. Can he do it again? So everyone's talking about Ryan Tannehill as he has to regress, which is true. But from weeks 7 through 17, those are the weeks he started, he was the quarterback too, only behind Lamar Jackson. And then I went to go look at his numbers because I know they have to come down, his touchdown percentage, his completion percentage. It's very unlikely he's going to repeat those. But they weren't that insane. Like, they weren't Lamar Jackson passing efficiency insane. His touchdown percentage was 7.7. That's high, yes. And it's, you know, quarterbacks are normally around that 5% range. So we should expect that to come down a little bit. But there's been plenty of quarterbacks that are in the 6% range. So it doesn't have to come down all that much. Like and Lamar I think Jackson was at 9.9, <laughs> right? Like that's going to come way down. Yes. His, Tannehill's completion percentage, I'm sure it'll come down a little bit. It was at 70, like right at 70%. That could come down to like 68, 67 but I would expect his passing attempts to come up a little bit. They barely threw the ball last year. And what a great rushing game does for quarterbacks, it allows them so much room to work because the defenses are worried about the run game. So it's going to make your efficiency higher. And I still expect Derrick Henry to be a beast. So I still expect the passing game to be pretty open. And honestly, I feel like Ryan Tannehill is just sort of an, an underrated quarterback in general. He's not a... a you know, a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, MVP, like he, but he's a great game manager and he does it for fantasy purposes. He runs the ball. He like, can make pretty throws too. Yeah. Like he's a pretty decent quarterback. And yeah, he does run and the he's ball so more pretty. than anything. He's so How pretty. How many rushing yards did he have last year? He had 185. Yeah. And that was only in what, 10 games? Yep. So, I mean, it's not as high as I thought, but it's still a nice little floor. Four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and that could go down, you know, four, the rushing touchdowns could go up or down. But I think when we're looking at where he's being drafted right now, he's being drafted as a quarterback 18, and we just said he was a quarterback 2 when he started. That's, that's what's crazy is that gap between possibility and yeah. ADP. Because usually we see recency bias, and, it, you know, this guy just – finished the season as the quarterback too. I need him at the top round. He's going behind Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry, get out yeah, of here. Way behind Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is going at the quarterback 12. And what I find even crazier, he's going four spots below Baker Mayfield, which I do not expect that offense to throw any more than the Tennessee offense. And we've already seen Tannehill be way better as a fantasy quarterback. And then he's going behind Joe Burrow, two spots behind Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow too, but he's a rookie. And that's crazy to think that he's going to produce more fantasy points, especially like the quarterback you're drafting, you're starting week one or why are you drafting him? Because 
unless you're in a special type of league that doesn't run waivers or a keeper league or something like that, like you're you're only going to own one quarterback. Like don't own two quarterbacks if you have waivers run every week. So the guy you're drafting, you're starting, you really feel good about starting Joe Burrow week one against the Chargers? Like you shouldn't. No. I'll start Tannehill, who's a vet that you know has the experience and, and you know has the be, upside. Yeah. It's not even just like he's this veteran with you know a a safe floor, like he's just Mr. Safe. No, he literally has the upside. We saw it. I love it. And I think he's a great bargain. I'm telling you, I think this entire division is just filled with gold. uh, The entire division, except for this next guy we're talking about, (laughs) Phillip Rivers, don't just draft anybody else. Draft Joe Burrow. I don't even care. Draft anybody else and Phillip Rivers. Rivers gives you zero upside. Noodle arm. He's been in the league for how many years now? Like 18? Something like so many years. I think 18 million. 18 million years. Philip Rivers has never scored more than 30 fantasy points in any single week for his entire career. That's pretty bad. That is really bad. Daniel Jones has done that. Yeah, uh, multiple times. So there's no upside for him. Do not draft him because the floor is not even nice. It's like, ugh. Like, look at the pass catchers in Indy. Do you want, like, it's not like I'm just salivating over T.Y. Hilton and Paris Gamble. I think they're fine, you know, skill players, but it's not like he's going from one team to the next. You're like, oh, he finally has these playmakers that he didn't have. No, he left them in Los Angeles. He had... A great playmakers and still couldn't score 30 fantasy points in any game. And he was just so inefficient. Like, he could not connect on a deep ball. Like, he was trying. Mike Williams had plenty of air yards. He tried to get him the ball, but it just did not happen. Like, yeah. he just he wasn't wasn't able to do it. Just move on. We he, don't even need to speak about yeah. Philip Rivers. He was the quarterback 23 in fantasy points per game last year. He did end as a quarterback 15 overall, but he ends overall higher because he stays healthy. Like I'll, I'll give him that. He does not miss any games. He is a healthy dude, but I don't care. Like he's stop, not don't mobile. Draft him. He can't move. Yeah. Draft no. literally anyone else. Literally anyone else. All right, moving on. Let's go to the running backs. We talked about all the quarterbacks. Let's move on to the running backs. We should probably start with our dude, our favorite running back mm-hmm. in the league, maybe. Derek yeah, Henry. Maybe. Maybe. I, you know, I love James Conner. I have a soft spot. Uh, no, we should move on to my favorite running back in the league, Derek Henry. Everybody says he can't keep it up for another season. I say differently. They unlocked the cheat code in the Tennessee Titans offense, and it was it was Derrick Henry, which, big surprise, uh, former Heisman winner uh, that you draft high is the key to your offense. That's wild. Like, that math just doesn't even make sense. Yeah, Deion Lewis is just as good as him. He deserved just as much time. Yeah, Deion Lewis, he's got, you know, he's got the whole package. He's got the size. He's got everything. Like... Derrick Henry is going to do it again. I think, you know, the, the synergy that they've created within the Titans offense, it, efficiency through the ground allows efficiency through the air, which allows more efficiency in the ground. Like, it's this beautiful, beautiful yin and yang that they've created. Uh, I don't need to talk anymore about him, my so love. what I'll say about Derrick Henry, I'm looking at his, at his average draft position. He's going as the running back six. I think it's fair. So CMC, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, I would want over Henry in any type of PPR format. Half yep. PPR, PPR. In standard, I actually might put Henry in front of Kamara, but I probably would still want CMC, definitely CMC, Zeke, and I think I'd still want Barkley over Henry. Um, what about Delvin Cook or Derrick Henry? You're staring at the two. We know Cook has difficulty staying healthy. Do you think he is as great as he was last year? Like, who are you going with, Cook or Henry? I'm going to go Henry here just because of offensive stability. So, you know, with the Vikings, they see a new offensive coordinator this season. You don't totally – first of all, I don't trust that he's going to stay healthy. Derrick Henry has shown me that he can stay healthy through a very significant workload, and I'm just going to keep riding on that. But Dalvin Cook, I'm literally, I'm trying to stay away from all of the offenses with change. And that, like, changing offensive coordinators, that that can be a big deal and that can 
impact a player's total touches per game. You know, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. You know, they might need to throw more because, you know, they don't have Stephon Diggs anymore. They might be relying more on, you know, playing catch up, right? Like, will they be in that position to run the ball the whole game? I don't trust that. And then when you look at the running backs going right after Henry, I say it gets very confusing after Henry because there's a lot of running backs that can be great or terrible. Like there's so many question marks about them right after Henry. So I think Henry's spot is super fair and I'd feel way better about Henry than, you know, Mixon, does he finally put it together? Sanders, does he get the full workload? Chubb, does he get hurt by Hunt? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's a rookie. Let's see if he can, you know, live up to his expectations. Drake and Eckler, we've never seen a full season out of them. And yeah, then there's just so there's many, so question, many question, marks. question marks. Yeah. going down. Henry's that last guy where you feel really good about, you know his workload, you know what he's going to do. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to get a ton of yards. Uh, I would be happy drafting Henry. How about Leonard Fournette? We haven't Fournette. been putting them in the categories. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, Derrick Henry, league winner. There you go. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I have never seen so much disrespect <laughs> that I have for, for Leonard Fournette. He's currently being drafted as the running back 18. He was just the running back seven last season. And guess what? He had three touchdowns. That math doesn't add up. Yeah, and I know, I know Chris Thompson's there and he's going to take targets away. And like, I'm not worried about Chris Thompson A. And I do think Leonard Fournette will have a big chunk of fewer targets than he did last season. I mean, he had 100-plus targets. I see them coming down to, like, 65. I think that's fine. Like, 65 is still much higher than we're going to see from Chubb or from Mixon or from Jacobs. And... He has the ceiling of a much higher target share when, inevitably, uh, Chris Thompson gets hurt. Like, it's going to happen. So then his targets will go back up. And if he just scores a few more touchdowns, it's going to cover the targets that he had last year. Yeah, and most people, I think, are citing the fact that they don't believe that the the team likes Leonard Fournette. I'm going to come back at you and say, I don't think the team ever really liked Leonard Fournette. And he still was able to accomplish How all that, that he's been. How is a bad thing, though? Because if they don't want to keep Fournette for the long term, then they're going to use him up. They run like him crazy. into the ground. Yeah. You don't have to save his body. You want to use him up before he goes somewhere else. He's, you're, there's no one else on your team that can be a running back. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Chris Thompson, who's a pass-catching back. He's not a real running back. I think Fournette's going to see a ton of volume. He should see more touchdowns. I don't understand how he's going as the running back 15. Like, this is why I get no, so upset. No, 18 and half PPR. This is why I get so upset by Joe Mixon's average draft position because he keeps going. He's going as a running back seven while he scores less points than Leonard Fournette every single time they both play a game. Like, you can't be drafting a player that never That's scores fantasy with, points over people that do every single time they That play. is drafting with your heart and not drafting with your head. Oh, and that's all I have so to say about irritating. it. Yeah, I, I I mean, Leonard Fournette, especially at his price, I, I feel like he's a sleeper he's, at his current price. Like, like, we just called Derrick Henry a league winner, but if you're drafting him in the you know the middle of the first round, it's kind of hard to call anybody a league winner there. I just think he's safe. Leonard Fournette, though, where he is being drafted, could be a league winner. True league winning potential. He's at least a value. I mean... He's a huge value. How about uh, David Johnson and Duke Johnson? Whoa. The Johnsons. I'm calling them bus because they're bus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, David Johnson has been pretty terrible on the ground for a, a couple years now. And I think that's where Houston's going to depend on him, right? Like, they depended on Carlos Hyde on the ground. I'm sure he'll get a ton of carries. That's fine. But if he's averaging three point eight yards per carry that's not going to get you far the reason david johnson's been pretty solid for fantasy still even though he's been so bad on the ground is because he was seeing a ton of targets and i don't know if those are still going to be there the same way in houston because a watson doesn't dump off the ball he runs when he's in trouble and he has to now fight with duke johnson for running back targets and that's pretty much the only place that houston uses duke johnson so i don't love 
David Johnson. And he has trouble staying healthy as well. I don't know how many times people have to draft Duke Johnson before they learn their lesson. Yeah, if, if we're, I mean, remember that, that like two minute span before the David Johnson trade where everybody was like, Duke Johnson, he can be a full workhorse. No, it, it, I stop think he it. could be, but no coach is going to give it to him. He now has lost his job twice, a starting job twice to Carlos Hyde. He ain't it. If you lose your job twice to Carlos Hyde on two different teams, maybe you're probably not ever going to be a starting running back. Yeah, I, I just don't, like, what is what is the ceiling for David Johnson? I think he's one of those picks that if you went boom, boom, like if you, if you went willy-nilly. No, I still don't ever want to take David Johnson because where he's going, I would rather draft the wide receivers there in the fourth, fifth round or fourth round. Or probably Leonard Fournette. Or Leonard Fournette or James Conner or even I would rather Raheem Mostert. Like give me the upside over David Johnson yeah. any day. Give me someone that's actually He's a good. boring pick. Yeah. And so moving on to our last backfield, this is the most crowded backfield, and it's mm-hmm. going to be hard to understand, especially in the beginning of the year. Jonathan Taylor, we got our rookie here, our favorite Our rookie, RB1 from our this RB1. draft class. Uh, and then we got Marlon Mack, who has been a decent running back for the Colts in the last couple of years. And then Naheem Hines, who's more of that pass-catching back. And the team is saying, you know, there's going to be some games he might get 10 targets. Who are, you, who are you targeting in this backfield, if any? Like, are you willing to draft and take a chance on any of these players? I, I think Naeem Hines could be a great late-round value. Only I, for full PPR, right? Only for full PPR. Um, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, I don't want any part of. I think it's going to be a slower start. I know I saw the pictures, guys. He is built like a tank. He will run you over and murder you and your whole family if you get in his way. But the issue is that I don't trust that he's going to just automatically assume that full workload. And I just think, you know, where he's going, like around RB20, RB22, like that's a range where I still want, like, I I want you to immediately have the workload. I don't want to have to draft you that early as an RB2 and then have to wait for you to blossom. Yeah, I mean, he's going, what, in the late third, early fourth right now. Too much for me. He could move up. That could happen before the start of the season. If I'm going to take one of these players, like, I I do like Naheem Hines late, but if I'm going to take one between Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, I'm not touching Marlon Mack because maybe in week one and week two he'll see a decent amount of carries, but I do think Jonathan Taylor is the clear-cut elite back in this backfield I don't think it's going to take too long for coaches to see that we've heard reports coming out of camp that Jonathan Taylor is already looking like the by far the best running back in this group and Marlon Mack has just been another guy he's a jack you know just another guy I get that he had a thousand yards last year but he had plenty of carries to do it behind the best offensive line that does not impress me and he did have zero fumbles on what 269 touches. And Jonathan Taylor's fumble. And Jonathan so Taylor is a fumbly. Fumbly. That need, like that is something that but can he be coached because he goes for the extra yards nonstop, and he does get those extra 20 yards. Like he can carry a whole defense. He goes him. for the extra 20 yards, but then he fumbles, yeah. and it, it's something- 15 of his 18 fumbles were recovered by the other team. So like, yeah, he got a 20 yeah. 20 yards extra, but guess what? He still coughed up I'm the ball. The coaches can coach him to just go down. I'm just like, my thing is. Why are you going to throw him into the fire when you do have Marlon Mack? He was fine. But Marlon Mack was one of the worst pass blockers in the league for the last two years. And I don't want that blamed on Brissett because he was just as bad with Andrew Luck. And Naheem Hines has been a better pass blocker, much better. So we don't haven't seen blame that on Brissett. Jonathan Taylor take on like a full. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to be. Yeah, he's going to have to prove himself as well. I'm just saying I could see a world where they put him in. I think Jonathan Taylor is a much, much, much better running back. So if I'm going to draft one, and the only way I draft Jonathan Taylor, if I go running back, running back, Jonathan Taylor. Like, I want him to be my third running back so I can wait on him for a second. Like, I don't want to have to start him week one. And I do think he can be a league winner. It Like, he could be the Nick Chubb of his year but you had to wait till mid-season so the that beauty kind of, of nick chubb was that you got him off the waivers super late, yeah 
well, people drafted him. People drafted him, and then they dropped him. And that, like... But we've seen rookie running backs before, like a Saquon Barkley kill it right off the bat. We've seen Zeke kill it right off the bat. Like, we've seen it before. There were no more bodies on the team to take care of, so I really like Jonathan Taylor, but it could be a wasted pick. It really could. It could be a a running back you're struggling to decide what to do with him throughout the season because Marlon Mack's stealing too much time. It's a risky pick, but it could pay off like crazy. Yeah, and you guys, we do have a article up where Michelle and I go head-to-head to talk about Jonathan Taylor a little bit more in depth. Uh, he is my running back, I think, 27 and a half PPR formats for my projections on the year. Michelle, you've got a much higher running back, 18. I really like him. I could See, I could see him finishing as the running back, 18, because he's going to be a bulldozer later on in the season. It's just so early to wait on production, and I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Where do we want to start? Which group do we want to start with? My favorite wide receiver of this division? I think we should start with your favorite because it's a perfect lead in. You said you want to go running back, running back, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> running and back. And then you can take this guy. Yeah. And I can as even, your wide receiver one. Yeah. I still could. And I'd be totally happy with this player as my wide receiver one. And it's DJ Chark from the Jacksonville Jaguars who broke out last season. He is a massive, massive value. He really is, and he's going in the fifth round. So I could even take four running backs if I want and then take DJ Chark. I don't understand where he's being drafted because all he did last year was perform. I know his rookie season. He didn't do anything. He took until his second year, Kate. Second year. (gasps) And now people are acting like it was just a mirage (laughs) that he broke out. Like he is, he was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft. He is a big bodied, super fast wide receiver. Only 23 years old, 6'3", 200 pounds. He ran a 4'3", 4'3", 4'. Top percentile in speed and burst. His burst score was 93rd percentile. Yikes. He is a great talent, and we've seen him finally break out last year when he got his shot. Now, the end of his season was kind of bad. So people are thinking that... You know, he just kind of broke out in the beginning and then slowed down. No, he just... What was the reason He for destroyed that? his ankle in week 14. After the week 14 game, he was in a walking boot. Coach Doug Brown yeah. said that he was week to week and it might, he might miss the rest of the season. Instead, he only missed one game. Tough dude. He missed week 15 and he came back for week 16 and week 17. He shouldn't have because he did basically nothing. He was still getting the targets, but he wasn't putting together any production and you know reports came out that he wasn't he wasn't looking himself he couldn't do the same cuts he was he was really good after the catch he was getting no yards after the catch when uh his ankle was hurting like that makes sense from weeks one through 14 before his injury he was on a 16 game pace for 130 targets almost 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns who else is going to be the touchdown guy on that offense? Like, I still think it's going to be DJ Chark. You're going to target your 6'3 monster in the end zone. He's the only wide receiver really on that team with a connection with Gardner Minshew. Because, yeah, LaVisca Chenault might, might be good, but he's a rookie. He's also a, a guy that I don't think anybody thought was extremely pro-ready yeah. coming out of school. Like I don't think is... of him as a typical wide receiver. He can become that but right now I think he could just be like a gadget a, ga- a gadget's him. exactly the word I would use so I I think that and we're work- talking about LaVisca Chenault here not DJ Chark no yeah <laughs> DJ Chark I I think he's the true wide receiver one on the team and the beauty is that you've seen his ceiling in fantasy football leagues and it's it's wide receiver one but yes so I think DJ Chark is the clear wide receiver one on his team I know it's a bad offense and it might be hard to trust that Gardner Minshew is going to take that step up next season but I don't even know if he has to take a step up we saw it last year as a rookie and from weeks one through 14 DJ Chark was the wide receiver eight in fantasy that's delicious both overall and in points per game the injury dropped him all the way down to wide receiver 17. So including weeks 15, 16, 17, it dropped him down to the wide receiver 17. So people are seeing that now, and they're like, oh, that's like that's not great. Like, why'd he drop off? He's even being drafted well past wide receiver 17, yeah. which is, that's what's crazy to me. His 
ceiling is so high and it's he's a really... top 10 wide receiver being drafted in the fifth round and that's why i'm totally okay with going running back running back running back and then waiting to draft dj chark and i'm if i feel the need that i absolutely want to get him i would draft him in the fourth round yeah if he's like your true wide receiver one i would i would make that jump uh how about aj brown another guy going in the similar range in your fantasy football drafts had such a a hot streak for a rookie. I, we saw rookies just absolutely explode in the 2019 season. Literally nuts. A.J. Brown managed more than 1,000 receiving yards on fewer than 100 targets. The only wide receiver to do that since the year 2000 in his rookie season. That's pretty well. Yeah. He, he literally he did something super improbable. I'm projecting him for many more targets this season. I'm not saying that... Uh, you know, the Titans are going to become this pass-first offense. But I do think that A.J. Brown has earned himself some more work. I don't think 110 targets are totally out of the realm of possibility for a, a sophomore receiver going into, um, you know, especially after the performance he had with limited targets. So everybody's projecting A.J. Brown, Brown for regression. I'm sure it will happen. He had, you know, just so many hurts after the catch yards per reception off the charts but all of that can regress and if he sees a higher target share it doesn't matter and i think he will see a much higher target share i think his targets will go way up there's nobody else in that offense Corey davis has proven over and over and over again he's not the player anyone thought he was coming out of college and they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Shocker. So I don't think he's going to be a big part. And he's been on the injury uh, report this offseason. Well, funnily enough, I feel like there funnily, are still... Funnily enough? Isn't that a word? Funnily? Funnily enough? Funnily enough. I think it's funnier enough. Wait, funny enough? Funny. It's just funny, funny enough. Funny enough. Funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> funny enough. Um, you know, I, I've seen some people out there still hyping Corey Davis and then you know some of the the coaching staff came out to say like yeah Corey Davis like he's gonna do great this year he's he's I mean then you should have picked up his his option they need him right they don't have anyone else they just need a human body I won't be shocked if Corey Davis gets 90 to 100 targets but I don't think it's going to turn into much at all like I'm not saying to draft him like Corey Davis is again a bust he's undraftable yeah, he, and I think A.J. Brown is really the only only wide receiver we can project for, for anything in this offense. He, in my book, is a clear league winner. Again, I think, you know, what we were able to see him accomplish on a limited target share. I'm really excited about oh. him. He should get plenty of touchdowns. He's the alpha in that offense with Derrick Henry. And the great thing for A.J. Brown is Derrick Henry's not used often in the passing game. So A.J. Brown could easily get 130-plus targets and be fantastic. Not drafting Corey Davis, not drafting anyone, any other wide receiver in that offense. No. Moving on to the next offense, let's talk about a pretty confusing one without Hopkins there anymore. Let's go to Houston. Who's the wide receiver one now? Is it Brandon Cooks? Is it Will Fuller? Is it Randall Cobb? Is it Kenny Stills? Oh, God. So, I mean, <laughs> I think starting, like, if this happened last offseason, I think we'd all be pretty excited for Brandon Cooks. But since we saw last year and he had all the concussion issues and he had a very down year for fantasy, we're nervous, right? But I, I think Brandon Cooks is probably the best value in this group. But if he has one concussion, he's, he's going, done. He's going to miss half the season. Like he's going to miss a big chunk of the season, even with just one concussion. We don't know how many hits he could take. If he takes one big hit, might be done. But Brandon Cooks with Deshaun Watson is very interesting. He's going pretty late. I don't mind that value. We've seen Brandon Cooks be very good for fantasy when healthy. It's just last year was bad. Last year was bad, and I think just the nature of the injury uh, in that it was a concussion, and, you know, they, were, they weren't great concussions. He had to come to, to Pittsburgh, hey, uh, to the concussion center for treatment. Like, it, it wasn't your run-of-the-mill back-in-two-days concussion. So I think that's a concern there. I'm more interested in Will Fuller at that price. Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller are both going around that, like, fringe wide receiver three wide receiver four range and I think that 
Will Fuller, I, I know that he hasn't been healthy. I know he's been inconsistent, but I think the, the thing that we're not grasping with Will Fuller is just how high his ceiling is and the fact that he is going to be the familiar pass-catching option for Deshaun Watson. They already have, I think, just a very natural chemistry, the two of them. I think that, you know, if Deshaun Watson is going to force-feed targets, I don't get why it wouldn't be to Will Fuller, who he we, we've already seen a very efficient... But are we sure his body can actually hold up now? We have, what, five seasons of proof that it can't? We are another season removed from the ACL injury. Don't forget that last the 2019 season was his first season returning from his ACL. Uh, again, came down with hamstrings. We, you know, I I feel like that first year when you're returning from the ACL, um, you know, especially you can have all of those sort of soft tissue injuries because you are compensating. Um, you might not trust your 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 knees the same way that you usually do i mean if he stays healthy he'll be fine he'll be a fine value like he can be a value pick he did have 53 percent of his yards in two games last year like he's a boom or bust play i don't actually feel comfortable plugging him to my lineup but if you need that boom flex player he's okay like but that's the beauty you draft him as your wide receiver four yeah i guess i mean he's fine He's fine. He's probably going to get hurt. He's probably not going to do much for you. But if he does break off, he'll break off big. So go for it, I guess. he's going. I mean, that's what, isn't that what you want out of your wide receiver fours? Like, you want that sort of boom potential, right? I guess it depends on who you're taking as your wide receiver one and two. Like, if you have Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper or Mike Evans, you can't no. also draft Will Fuller. It's going to come down to who did you draft. If you drafted a Robert Woods and, and a Michael Devontae Thomas. Ad- yeah, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams. Then it's perfect. Then you have safe guys with a boom, but not like, you can't put Tyree Kill Amari Cooper together. Oh my god, that would be disaster. hilarious. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to our last wide receiver group. Uh, another confusing one. We have T.Y. Hillen, who's really good for fantasy when he's healthy as well, but he had a down year with injuries last season and with Brissett. Uh, Paris Campbell, who was also hurt last year as a rookie. People were excited about him, and you know, he just dealt with injuries. And then we have a new rookie. Uh, wide receiver drafted in the second round, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, people compare him, his style kind of to Juju. Love it. And he's also from USC, so very Hello. similar. So who are we going with here? I think if I'm going to take a shot on one, it would be T.Y. Hilton. He is that possession type receiver who can have deep, deep plays. Philip Rivers does like to go deep. Doesn't mean he connects on them. That's my issue. Is who's T.Y. Hill the and the Keenan Allen of this offense? I don't think so. I the issue is I don't I don't feel like there's any true Keenan Allen comp. But yeah. so it, you know I'm looking at T.Y. Hilton. You just said it, Michelle. Like for Will Fuller, we're looking at a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. We've already heard. Um, T.Y. Hilton was pretty healthy though until this last season. Until yeah, but I mean that's what that's what matters, right? Um, so T.Y. Hilton already starting the season off with I think it was a hamstring injury. I know that scares me. Those can nag. They nag, and guess what? Like if you if, if you push it too soon, too quickly, if you don't have that same you know off season regimen, we we talked about this on uh, the live stream with the fantasy points guys, like. We might have to worry about veterans, you know, who maybe haven't been able to see their same routine, haven't been able to, you know, have the same training program in the off season. We might see them start to struggle. We might see a few more injuries. T.Y. Hilton's already injured. No, thank you. It does scare me. We saw last year Philip Rivers not really be such a great quarterback for successful fantasy wide receivers. Yes, Keenan Allen ended pretty high because he started off so hot. But we saw that middle of the season where Keenan Allen was barely startable. And then Mike Williams just, you know, was really a big disappointment as well. He flooped. We could have that happen here where Hilton and Campbell and Pittman Jr. all have their weeks, but they're not reliable. If I'm going to take a shot on a wide receiver, it would be Hilton. But I don't really want to do that. I don't want a single one of these guys. Paris Campbell, I think, is is still an interesting one. I feel like people are um, not only down on him because of the the fact that he was injured through his rookie season, I feel like people are just looking at Michael Pittman as a threat to him. And I don't think, 
I, I don't think we can necessarily say that right off the bat. I think, uh, I mean, Paris Campbell was what everybody's like wide receiver three in the 2019 yeah. class. Paris Campbell could be the best value here, actually. So if you want to go late with Paris Campbell, I don't mind taking a shot on him breaking out in his second season since he was just dealing with those injuries last year and now he has Rivers. That could come together. Now, I think the the guy to draft in this offense, if you want to go with someone late, Let's move on to the tight ends. It's Jack Doyle, right? Philip Rivers likes the tight end position. Jack Doyle had 70 targets last year. It's not pretty. It's not going to be fun, but the tight end position is not pretty or fun, right? So if you want to plug in a guy that's going to get you a safe 10 points every week, I do think that could be Jack Doyle with Philip Rivers in this offense, especially if T.Y. Hillen's not 100%, if he doesn't make it through the season. I think this team could be very run heavy, plus passing to the tight end position with a good defense, like a lot of safety around that team. I like Jack Doyle this year. You have Eric Ebron gone, which was... He was the biggest touchdown threat. Yeah, and he was stealing targets away. Even though Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle both weren't great for fantasy last year, I think they hurt each other. Now Eric Ebron is with us, with the Steelers, and Jack Doyle has pretty much that whole tight end space to himself unless we want to who's the Mo Ali Cox no the the Chicago Bears tight end from last year Trey Burton Trey Burton (laughs) that was supposed to always be a thing maybe he becomes a thing in Indy finally I'm I would go with Jack Doyle he's you can get him 13th 14th 15th round if you want to wait on tight end and have just a he he has no ceiling I want to say that right now but he has a safe floor and I think at the tight end position that's okay if that's what you want. A safe floor at the tight end position can be like tight end eight. Yeah. <laughs> like that's where that's where that tight end Sometimes can just having a tight end in that spot that doesn't give you zero points is okay. Yeah. Something better than nothing. Yeah. And anyone else in this division at the tight end position, like Darren Fells, I know he scored eight touchdowns last year. Without Hopkins, maybe he can do that again. I don't want any. Like Darren Fells... In redraft, no, maybe he's a streamer. No, and he was a, a very boom bust. It, yeah. You know, he was very touchdown dependent. I'm not looking to draft any of the tight ends. They still have Jordan Aikens in that offense. I'm not looking to yeah. to draft any of these guys. But I, I what do about think... Josh Oliver with Jacksonville? No, no. I just... So he was a rookie last year. He was hurt all year as well. I do think he's in an offense that might be looking for a tight end to break out because they need more pass receivers. I own a lot of Josh Oliver in my dynasty leagues where you keep you know your full team year in and year out. I would not obviously draft him in redraft. He's not draftable right now. But he's a guy to keep an eye on in week one. Let's see if he's being targeted. And maybe he's a week one waiver wire acquire for week two. You know, Let's yeah. keep an eye on him, but he's not someone I'm going to take a shot on. The only actual interesting tight end in this group that might be drafted by round 10 is Jonu Smith, right? Could he break Mm-mm-mm. out in year three? You really like him. He didn't do a whole lot last year without Delaney Walker there. He had one or two good games. There's, they're not, they're there's, not buying in. I'm not 100%, but... I always say for tight ends to break out, you usually need to be in an offense that needs another receiving threat. And that is the Tennessee Titans offense. So would I be surprised if Jonu Smith broke out? No. And I I don't hate drafting him. I just, I didn't see enough from him last year. The nice thing is, though, that, like, he's not going to cost you anything. And I do think uh, in that, that type of offense, I think he does have a nice... Uh, the fact that it is an efficient offense and they do need pass catchers. I do think he has a relatively safe floor compared to... He only scored three touchdowns last year. That's kind of scary. Those touchdowns are going to have to come up, but he has the opportunity. Like, he's athletic. He's a good... I do think he could be a good tight end. We need the passing attempts to go up a little bit for the Titans, but he could be the second target in this offense. I'm talking myself into Jonu Smith as we speak right now. If you're waiting and waiting for the tight end position, like I don't want to take him. I would rather take a Hayden Hurts. I'd rather take a TJ Hawkinson. I think their ceilings are a little bit higher. But if you get Jonu Smith in the 11th, 12th round, I, I don't hate that. So the 
when I say floor, when I say a relatively safe floor, I feel like he either has has the yards or he doesn't and probably isn't as safe of a floor. Yeah, yeah he has I, a lot of zero games. He has three zero games. He has an eight-yard game. He has a five-yard game, a 20-yard game, a 30-yard game. He only has one, two, three, four, five games above 50 yards. And when you're looking at the tight end position, that's really not that rare. So, and he was only in a second year last year. We hear a lot of times it can take a few years for tight ends to catch up and be acclimated to the NFL. He was in his third season. Last year? Yeah. Oh, this is his fourth? This is his fourth. But honestly, we saw a, I think we did see a jump in second year to third year, right? So maybe this is the season he really takes that, that next step forward. Um, and we see just more overall involvement. He's on the field a lot. His his offensive snap counts are off the charts. So he's there. He's there within the offense. Um, I just think it's a matter of is he going to get the targets and and is there enough volume to go around. But if there is, I think he's the one to see it. Yeah, and I think that's fine. The tight end position is just a big question mark, right, after your top – Three, like I think Kittle, Kelsey, Andrews, Ertz, so top four, like those are really solid options. After that, there's lots of question marks. And what you can do with Johnny Smith, he doesn't, he's not going to cost you anything. So he's, you know, going as like a, a mid tight end, mid round tight end two, like he's not, he's not costing you anything. So guess what? If he doesn't work out, hit the waivers. Like he's not, yeah, he's not going to hurt you. But again, I would rather go with the Hayden Hursts. I'd rather go with TJ Hawkinson. And they are going around where he's being drafted. But if I missed out on them, then I would just suck it up and go with Johnny Smith. I do think there's better options out there, but it's not a terrible pick. Okay. All right. I think Anybody that's else? It. Nope. All right. Thanks for joining us down south, y'all. Bye. Bye, y'all. <laughs>